Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm generally fine, but I think the people on the building site near me, they're trying new ways every day to torment me. Oh, no. So it's it's really getting to me now. I You know, not having had a quiet day for absolutely ages, it's just oh, driving no. me insane. And I just don't quite understand why when you build a house, you need to use a sledgehammer. I don't quite, but then, oh. I, then I don't know anything much about building a big house. No, but that seems more like something you smash things down. Yeah, so it's very odd. That's usually how it starts, and you might be hearing it in the background. And then today they've come up with another noise, and I don't know mm. what it is. Maybe that's part of the issue, oh. that, I, that I don't know what the noise is. Maybe you should go and talk to them and ask them for a breakdown of the different noises and the times of day. Yeah, expected. and maybe they can explain. This has been going on months. Oh, God, yeah, it is. And I'm sure there will be another building going up after this one. It does just, you know, if you live in this area, that's just what you have to cope with. Wow. But otherwise, well, that's a lot. otherwise, otherwise. <laughs> I'm good. Although I'm sitting here with a woolly scarf around my neck. Yes, it's really cold. It's yeah. very, very cold. And, yeah, I think... It's just not acceptable, really, how cold it is. No, no. I just, please. Oh, you know, I do a weekly Zoom catch-up with my students. Mm. At lovely Annie lives in, is, is in Miami. And so the, they've just opened the beaches, so she'd been in the ocean. Wow. And I just, oh, yeah. that would be so nice. Mm. Yeah, it would. Yeah. There's something so healing and soothing about mm. going for a swim in the sea or the ocean. Yes. Yeah. That's what we want. Exactly. I just, five minutes before you phoned, the post came and I got my Willie Smith book. I'm so excited because you know the Cooper Hewitt's having an exhibition. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it's literally open right now because I don't know what the situation is in New York in terms of museums being open. But he's so fantastic and fascinating. You know, I've just opened it, so I oh, can't next... tell you much about okay. the book yet. Next week. But I will. Next week I will yeah. tell you because just flicking through it, it's got so many delicious photographs and sketches and, oh, it looks great. Oh, nice. And how are you doing? What have you been up to this week? Um, one thing I've done is um, I've sort of signed up to all sorts of various places that offer you know, films that you normally can't see online um, oh, that sounds during good. lockdown. One film I saw was Agnes Varda, and she, she did a film about the Black Panthers in 19... 19- oh, I've heard about that, but I've never seen it. Yeah, in 1968, and um, I read about it a bit more now, and she apparently, I didn't know that she lived in California at the time. She lived in L.A. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and she travelled to Oakland. That's where she, she was filming, and that... So she, she filmed them while Yui P. Newton, um, one of their leaders and founders, was yes. in prison. And um, the Black Panthers had a big convention where apparently five to 6,000 people came to a sort of wow. convention centre. So she... I think I've seen photographs, like documentary photographs from that. Yeah, it's incredible. And she, so she, she filmed one film, which is called Yui, and that is almost impossible to to find copies of. I did find a really bad copy online. So that's 
that's just a black and white film and it's predominantly the speeches but she also goes around the um, audience a bit and there is no voiceover or anything and it's about half an hour long and then the Black Panther film which is also about half an hour long is in colour and in an interview she said she went there sort of every weekend for, for a few weeks so it must maybe be several bits um, cut together yeah and it's um, sort of a gathering, partly in front of the courthouse where U.P. Newton was held. So they're gatherings there, and they're more sort of military in style, and people marching. And mm. um, and then there's another bit where there are speeches and music, and it looks more like a park. Um, okay. People gathering there, and it's interesting on many levels. Obviously. Uh, obviously to hear the speeches and the different people like Stokely Carmichael and sort of people who are involved in it. But also, I don't know, sometimes I feel a bit uneasy to talk about clothes when, when, um, when you talk about politics, but, but it is addressed in the film itself. So I feel, um, one can talk about it. Uh, and it's, it's just really interesting to see. So there are obviously a lot of men primarily in the Black Mm. Panther uniform but also quite a few women maybe not in the sort of entire uniform but women wearing black leather so it's interesting because it's obviously it's an in i don't know what you call it it's an informal uniform or yeah i don't know i've been trying to find out more about it and i i can't find that much like people keep saying it was sort of you newton and bobby seal the founders Mm. who came up with it and it's it's black trousers, a black leather jacket, but it doesn't matter. It's not doesn't have to be a particular black leather jacket. Mm. And I read in one account the reasoning behind that was because most people had a black leather jacket yes. at that point. Um, apparently, normally it's meant to be powder blue shirt. Ah. Oh. Yeah, and in the documentary, there are a lot of women primarily who wear short sleeved sweatshirts in this powder blue with a black panther on it and it also says you know black panther party um and it's quite a few That's really interesting and it's really interesting the idea of encouraging a uniform from what people will have already but it's it's the fact of wearing those items together both on your body but with other people wearing those items yeah and also i find it interesting <coughs> there is a sort of long shot at some point what she does a lot is sort of pans along people and you mm. see all the different, you know, you see that it's not one homogenous group of people. I It seems to me that that is on purpose. So you see that there are lots of different individuals. And yes. um, so you can see how people also interpret the, the clothes. And there's one long pan when there's one of these military, more military, in inverted commas, maybe marches. And there were there are a lot of men who wear blue shirts, often buttoned down, and I find this really interesting because that's you know such a officey. Yeah. Um, maybe a button down is a more casual, I guess, in the in the realm of shirts, but still, yes, yes. it's a respectable, shall we say, attire. Well, I guess it's it's interesting because it's taking something that's so everyday mm. that it's virtually ubiquitous, and infusing it with political meaning by the combination with a black leather jacket and the meaning given to it by them by being black panthers by the, yeah. the by their 
politics sort of subverting the sort of American everydayness of it. Yeah, exactly. And then the Blackberry is also part of it. Yes. And again, I'm not quite sure why. Uh, someone has, um, people say different things about it. It has to do with Cuba and um, yeah. other sort of famous pictures of Che Guevara. And also there's somewhere I read that U.P. Newton and Bobby Seale saw a film about the French resistance. And Oh, that's interesting. That's where that came from. So I don't, I don't really know. But, and people wear it, but they all wear it in a different way. So um, Stokely Carmichael, um, in the sort of park scene, he gives a speech and he wears a um, embroidered shirt underneath. I don't know exactly what it is, but so um, and then there's often a lot of people wearing. Polo necks. I think that's what people more usually, or what I had in my head before I'd seen the film, in a way. And then you also see quite a lot of, you know, anti-Vietnam type clothes, you know, yes. military clothing, green jackets, and so yeah. What it is is so the, this film has a sound uh, um, voiceover, and there are two versions. One is a friend of her, an English version, where a friend of her says the text in English and another one where it's Agnes Wagner saying it herself and you get the impression she's very much on the side of the Panthers but I I think she also you know wants them to explain what it is about well Um, that's good yeah so there is one long section where I think he calls himself the captain of the Oakland chapter and I think his name is Bill Brandt. He talks about the 10-point program. So he recites oh, all, yes. all the 10 points. The same happens in the other film, in the black and white film, where it's Bobby mm-hmm. Seale who does that. And then, yeah, there's sort of different people I interviewed, you know, why are they here? And, and so, and then there's a long seek segment at one point with Kathleen Cleaver. And that's mm. really interested, interesting. So... At one point she's given, you, you hear the sort of end of a speech she's giving and then she explains what her role is and she sits on some, you can't quite see on what she sits, but she's sort of surrounded by other women and she says that she is the communication secretary for the Black Panther Party and she works with the Minister of Information, who's her husband, and she sort of explains what she's responsible for. But then it also goes on to beauty ideals of beauty and they talk she talks about it for quite a long time and it primarily focusing on hair yes and what does she say because i think i might have seen a clip where she's talking about about hair and about i think i've seen a clip where she's talking about about her hair and about kind of natural hair and its importance but then how white women are wearing wigs yeah you must have yeah. you must have seen a clip from the the film, because the whole the whole film starts actually with a pan over a sign, a white or white writing on a sort of black background that looks a bit like a garage door, and it says the writing says black is honest and beautiful. That's how the film actually starts, and she sort of talks about yeah wearing she said we were born with hair like this but for years we sort of straightened it because mm. the beauty ideal was light skin and blue eyes and we were 
we were told we weren't beautiful and and now now that's not the case anymore but what is also interesting she also says women want to appeal to men and the men made it known that they prefer white women but that's not the case oh, anymore wow. uh. and so I thought that was interesting but then she also says like you say yeah now it's become sort of mainstream and then there's a shot to a red-haired woman with very curly hair and she says yeah women white women are trying to buy want to buy wigs with our sort of natural hair and then it also goes to some other women so it's not just her there's sort of other women and one woman says I've I've gone natural five days ago because I'm now part of the Black Panthers and and also I think appearance is important um, well, that's the interesting mm. thing because that goes back to what you were saying about the, at the beginning when we were talking about how, on the one hand, it feels wrong to focus on the appearance when it's such an important and meaningful political movement. But on the other hand, you know, the members of the movement themselves are aware of the power of appearance, both in identifying each other and identifying themselves to people outside the Black Panther mm. movement, but also the importance of representing, asserting, showing black beauty. Mm. And because it's interesting thinking about how like the Black is Beautiful movement is like 62. I know this, I know this off by heart because the wonderful Grandassa Models Instagram account, they've been writing this out. The Black is Beautiful starts 62, and then the uh, Black Power Movement is 63, and then etc. and they go on through the dates. Mm. But it's really, it's really, really important because of white oppression and kind of violence against black bodies and black beauty that the power of appearance is seen as not just aesthetic or, sur yes. or surface, but is in itself political because the white infrastructure has politicised it. Mm. Did that make sense? Yes, it did make sense. Mm. Good. And so I think it's it's so important and it's really interesting. I like what, what you're saying about how there's this uniform which is kind of reconfiguring what you have in your wardrobe already to infuse it with political meaning but also unity with the other people in the party but also that it's very individual it's not like a sort of official uniform that you have to have this version and you have to have wear it this way it's not like a military uniform where it's, every detail is policed no it's, it's absolutely not yeah and that's the point as well that it's a uniform without complete uniformity yeah. Because it's showing you can do those things that you can have, I don't know, control and power without overpowering the individual. Yeah. You've summarized it perfectly. I feel like I'm just speaking in slogans. <laughs> but, no. No. <laughs> but I think that's, well, I think it's like inevitably at the moment, you're think, everyone's thinking a lot about all of these issues mm. to do with how a white patriarchy how a white power structure has caused such oppression and such violence literal and metaphorical and so it's I think it's extra important to think about how 
that can be sidestepped or run in parallel to or subverted or resisted or mm. overthrown. Yeah. And it and it's so significant. Like Kathleen Cleaver, it's I mean it, it was also making me think there's an article that Angela Davis wrote, like more recently, not I mean not in the sixties, mm-hmm. I think maybe nineties, where she talks about how much she doesn't like being reduced to just natural hair and mm, how yeah. it kind of drains the politics and meaning out of her work and, and the causes that she is working for. And I can completely yeah. understand that. I can completely understand the frustration that any element of Black is Beautiful movement or Black Panthers, the way it's appropriated by white people and the way it's appropriated into fashion spreads mm, and things. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the power of appearance is very, very, very important to showing and like living in your body is as a political force almost. Mm. I also like we said before, it it was consciously used. It wasn't mm. in this instance, you know the the uniform we call it for want of a better word for this kind yes. of thing um, was chosen and not everyone is also wearing it and not everyone has to wear it which is also obvious you know there there are people who speak about their involvement and don't wear either the the powder blue sweatshirt or you know so that it's not mandatory at all but what it does do strongly and that comes across as well is if you pan out if you go further away it really does signify very strong unity and that's really well, powerful. I guess it's like it's like I was just thinking when you were talking about it of other examples, and I guess like suffragettes wearing white. That mm. again, most women—well, not working class women—so there's an issue there. Yeah. But most middle class and above and upper class women would have white clothes, so it wasn't again. Once everybody comes together in a group, it becomes meaningful. Mm. So I suppose, again, with the Black Black Panthers, that as images were disseminated, maybe an individual would be immediately recognisable, but it's more the force of the group yeah, mm. and the visual impact of a group dressed in a similar way. Mm. It's very, very interesting. And, and what did you think of, uh, like, how would you compare the two Varda films that you're saying about? Yeah, the films are very, very different, partly... Well, that one is black and white, and I'm not sure why that is. Maybe, maybe for practical reasons, because she was inside, yeah. and the other one is color. And then there is also, um, yeah, the voiceover. But in the convention center, where there is no voiceover, and you mainly hear the speeches, I I read one of the articles which talked about the camera movement, and it is a little bit jerky, but it also sort of moves away at times to the audience, and there's a lot about you know, she focuses on children a lot. And in this article, they talked about how you, this is how she's in the film. The article was specifically That's about, yeah, how it's, a, it was specifically about documentaries and how they shape, you know, what you see, even, mm-hmm. even if they pretend not to, which she doesn't. But anyway, so um, the film in the convention is sort of very, very different. But what is also interesting is that they are in both films, there's a, a big I think the first, the the colour film, you see 
the um, black is honest and beautiful. And then the next picture you see is a young child with a turban. And, and then you see children a lot. And it's interesting how, you know, the people who come to the convention, but also people who come to the gathering in the park, a lot of them bring their children, children with them. I mean, it, it's so fascinating, fascinating, isn't it? Because it's obviously it's Anya's father's eye. It's her gaze upon the Black Panthers. But it's often, I think, forgotten how much Black Panthers did for children with, like, breakfast clubs and mm. education and sort of focusing on your lo- local community and nourishing children as a way towards a better future. Mm. And it's really interesting that she's picking that out. And also the fact that it is, again, it's again making political protest part of the everyday and part of the way you live your life, I guess. That's true. And also I kept thinking what it would have been like, you know, to have been to this as a, you know, six-year-old or seven-year-old. Because I don't don't think my parents ever took me to a demonstration or anything. And it... You know that must make a big it must have a big influence. I would have thought. It really must. It really must. And I, yeah, no, it must. And it's, it's kind of needing to protest because of the situation the universe puts you in as mm. well, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, so the black and white one, it sounds like you get a good sense of kind of families being involved, and kind of a coming together and then the color one it seems like you, like you get the section with Kathleen Cleaver so do you do you have more sense of individuals and kind of the leadership or? no i did i did explain it wrong so the 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 no no i probably the black and white one is is in this massive convention center and the predominantly is on the stage and on the speeches. I see, I see. And the speeches are Bobby Seale and Stokely Carmichael and and other people. So and also Yui Newton's mother at some point, um, she gives a speech, but there are children um, on the stage sometimes, and <laughs> but also yeah in in the audience. But the predominant yeah. thing is the is the speeches really. I see. Whereas the other film is much more, you know, at the beginning you see that sort of children, as I said, you see them dancing and running around, and you hear music, and you don't quite know what this is. Because at oh, the beginning, you don't, you know, there's quite a long stretch before she starts talking. And in the beginning, you don't quite know, are you at a, like a um, festival or, and, and you do, at first you see, she sort of, maybe I'm wrong there, but she focuses more on people who don't wear the uniform. Um, mm. But then she starts talking and the first thing I think she says is, this is not a picnic. Oh, that's so powerful. Mm. And then she starts talking about why people are meeting, that it is to free Huey and that they're using music. And, and yeah, so, yeah, that's in itself interesting that you at first don't know what it is and it does look like some sort of um, happy, friendly festival, which is yes. which it is. Um, yeah. Uh, continues and is to it, be. can I just ask, mm-hmm. were the films, did, do you know, did she conceive of the films as a pair or you know were they shown as a pair at the time no there is from what i understand 
so she didn't also do them totally on her own you know there was someone right. who did the sound and i think there might have been some other people filming it wasn't just her oh well, um, on what i've forgotten both films have you p newton in prison as well she oh right i totally yeah that's actually really important um and so she didn't do them on her own and i but i think from what i can gather i think someone gave her the access so she knew someone who could give her access to people. Mm. But I think she she didn't do this as a commission or anything. I think she did that for herself. Yeah. And, but then she wanted to show it in France. Uh, in a, at a, She said there was a particular sort of series where this kind of work would, would have been shown. But they, because it was France in 68, they thought it would be too incendiary. Wow. And they didn't show it. And I'm not quite sure when and how it or they were first shown. And as I said, this there's one article I read where where they say, so Yui doesn't even appear in her IMDb um, list of films. Oh, really? And there's one article <clears throat> where someone said, she did these two films, but often they think Yui is the English version and Black Panthers is the French version. But Yui, oh, Yui is actually a totally different film. Yes. And I found it on a, a there's a Facebook page of something about political films, and there's a really bad copy. And you know, I would have happily, obviously, paid for it, but I, I just couldn't yeah. get it anywhere. From what I can gather, that is not normally shown. It's always the other one. Um, oh. Uh, they are really very, very different. I mean, they sound fascinating and they sound like it so enriches your understanding to see the two together. Yes, it does. And I only, I saw the the colour one, the Black Panthers one twice, and then mm. I saw the other one and I, the colour one is also very much focused on you and Newton on, yes. for obvious reasons because yeah. the whole thing happens to free him um, yes. and the congress does but you get much more of a feel for the other people or other men mm. i should say mm. who are involved so that is much more a sort of male in some ways a more male film um yeah i think all the speakers are men so interesting i must watch them because i've watched other documentaries on the black panthers but these sound it's really interesting that it's it's sort of her view because she's such an interesting figure but also that she she made two yeah kind of that are kind of commenting watching looking at different aspects and also that and also that it was done at the time and there's nothing you know it's not a clip in a in a longer documentary that was done 20 years later and then the other thing is i think I mean, there's one article I looked at, or maybe it was all in the same article, where they said she was, they said she didn't understand certain things, or she's too positive, you know, she doesn't, there's no criticism, and they felt that was partly because she wasn't from America, and she didn't. Who is they in this? Yeah, the people who wrote the article. um, I see, I see, because I wondered if there was any evidence of, you know, Kathleen Cleaver or or Stokely Carmichael or any 
of like a bat, a Black Panther response to to the films, or if the people that, involved in the films saw the films. That would be really interesting to know. Mm. No, this article, this one article, I I keep thinking of is quite recent, and it's mm. um I think it's written by a French person who's probably a documentary specialist, but I might be wrong there. But anyway, yeah, that would be really interesting. I think that's something I I. There's always something we come up that we need to do, which is good. That we need to know. Yeah, so I think that's definitely something I want to find out more about, is the history of the film at the time. When was yes, it shown? Yes, that would be so interesting to yeah. know, wouldn't it? And what did... And how, how, did, how did the participants mm. feel about being filmed? Yeah. It, it sounds like they're not taking much notice of the camera being there. No, but they well, don't. Then, then I suppose... Obviously, Kathleen Cleaver is because she's speaking to camera. Yeah, no, she is actually speaking to camera. And she also, I mean, occasionally the person who has the camera, and I think once or twice it is a male voice, asks a question. So it's oh. not like they're totally not there. Whereas in the yes. U, in the UE film, there is yeah. there's none, none of that. And in the, I haven't seen that, I need to watch it again, but I read somewhere that you, in the, the dialogue, well, it's not a dialogue, when Kathleen Cleaver speaks, you, you see a shadow of Agnes Wada at some point, <gasps> oh and, she, and she becomes part of this group of women, because Kathleen Cleaver is really just sort of very much on the left of the, the shot, mm. and there are all these other women behind her, which in a way support, seem to support what she's saying. Yes. And then at the end... She, Kathleen Cleaver, looks at the the person behind the camera and says something like, "It is beautiful, isn't it?" And that person obviously must uh, have nodded or or said yes, yes or something, and then everyone is laughing. Um, oh my goodness! I have to watch these. Yeah. So there is dialogue. Uh, yeah, in some some sort of dialogue, if not in words, in yes. yeah exchange, shall we say? There's exchange. But that's beautiful. The idea of a dialogue, you know, that's through Agnes Varda's shadow mm. and and Kathleen Cleaver engaging beyond the camera as well. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so I need to watch these, so please send me the link. Yeah, will do, will do. And you and then tell we need me... to see if there's any evidence yeah. of what how it was received at the time. Yeah, and then you need to tell me about your catalogue next time. Okay. Okay. We have our assignment. Okay, great. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.